Listener Production. It has been a week of headaches for Rupert Murdoch and co. First, Fox News settled a defamation case with US voting machine company Dominion for a whopping $1.2 billion Australian dollars. Mm. And then very soon after, Lachlan Murdoch dropped his defamation case against Crikey here in Australia. And then... Dum, dum, dum. The Fox News star anchor Tucker Carlson abruptly, very abruptly, left the company. It's hard for an Australian audience to understand how significant Tucker Carlson is, but he is the most popular anchor in cable television news in America. And he is seen as a genuine thought leader on the right. And he has been a kingmaker in the Republican Party. So in this briefing, what does the axing of Tucker Carlson say about the problems in Murdoch Town? Does news for angry old people still work? That is our briefing. First, here are today's headlines. It is Friday, the 28th of April. Jan Friend and Tom Tilly here with you. And speaking of Tucker Carlson and Fox News, uh, the anchor has broken his silence overnight after his shock exit from the network. He posted a video to Twitter. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Yeah, it hasn't even been 24 hours. That video already has 18 million views on the platform and climbing. Not entirely sure what he was saying in the video, though. I don't know well, if you I think, have shed, can shed any more light on that, Tom. Well, it didn't illuminate anything as to why he was fired. It seemed like more of a brand statement from Tucker Carlson, the old freedom of speech narrative. It was a bit vague. Um, he sort of talked about America being this one-party state and both parties trying to silence real debate on television uh, and that, you know, there's still some places where you can hear the truth. And then he signed off by saying, see you soon. <laughs> so I don't know, am I making too much of that? I'm speculating that he might pop up elsewhere. Well, yeah, he's still got, you know, probably decades left in his career. It's just a question of, yeah, as you say where it will happen, but I think it will continue. And speaking of US talk show hosts, uh, this one is, well, this one's a name that you probably know, might not have heard for a while, but the US talk show icon, I'll call him, Jerry Springer, has sadly died at the age of 79 at his home in Chicago. Jerry, Jerry, older millennials, they know that chant. It's imprinted in our brains because his TV show, which had a 27-year run, was the thing that you watched when you were home from school having a sick day. (laughs) You got to see people throwing chairs and swearing and getting into fights on stage. And then he would do this very poignant monologue at the end of these just insane TV show episodes. Mm. That's what I remember from Jerry Springer. Yeah, I was just reading into some of his background and he was hoping to get into politics. He was rising up at a local level and then he got busted soliciting a prostitute. And then apparently with his TV show, it was quite um, serious and political to begin with, but it didn't rate. So they changed the format. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's I guess that's how we know his name. <laughs> And wrapping up some Australian politics, a major crackdown on online gambling 
is just around the corner. So the federal government says it's finally going to outlaw the use of credit cards for online gambling. The new rules for how people fund their betting will basically bring online wagering into line with how it's done in um, pokey venues and casinos where credit cards can't be used. It's money that you already have to have. And speaking of the federal government, there'll be a national cabinet meeting today and Medicare is going to be top of the conversation list. Healthcare uh, will be on the agenda, as will uh, housing issues and other issues in which uh, we need that cooperation between states, uh, greater consistency. And the other thing they've been talking about, a big announcement yesterday from Claire O'Neill, were the changes to um, our migration policy, particularly in relation to skilled migrants. I can announce that as of the end of 2023, the end of this year, all skilled temporary workers will have a pathway to permanent residency. They'll also put up their uh, salaries, so they were limited at $53,000. That'll go up to $70,000. So basically making it uh, more appealing for skilled migrants to come and work here. And just some hot celeb news. Well, it's not that hot, actually. It's a lawsuit that's been this long-running legal debate. But the singer Katy Perry has lost this legal fight with an Australian clothing designer who, incidentally, has the same name. Uh, so the woman, whose name is Katy Perry, but she sells clothes under Katie, spelt with a K-A-T-I-E, um, has walked out victorious in the federal court because it's ruled that the pop star has infringed the trademark of her local brand, um, which she established in 2007. This was sort of before Katy Perry hit the big time, really. Um, the judge found that the singer infringed the mark, it's called, uh, on Twitter in 2014. This was ahead of her PRISM tour um, by kind of alluding to merchandise that she was selling under the name. The judge also said that Katy doesn't owe any compensation um, because she'd used Katy Perry in good faith. Yeah, well, it just relates to the merch on some of her particular tours and pop-up stores she had. So where exactly the infringement occurred, I think, was the source of um, much, probably quite expensive legal debate. And there's another very interesting um, one going on for another big pop star at the moment. Ed Sheeran um, is in court in New York because it's alleged that he plagiarised Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On in his song, Thinking Out Loud. So let's have a listen. Here's Ed Sheeran. And here is Marvin Gaye. And if you feel like I feel, baby, come on. So it's not the singing they're talking about. Um, it's the chords and the rhythm um, that Ed Sheeran's accused of plagiarising. And that will be really interesting because they do sound quite similar um, when you listen to that underneath the lyrics. But those sort of simple chord progressions, it's often only three or four chord progressions in pop music like they're so common in so many songs i'm sorry i don't i don't even know what a chord progression is <laughs> so there you go i just have ptsd from hearing that ed sheeran song way too many times at weddings people should play <laughs> marvin gay at weddings more than ed sheeran let's get it on that seems more apt for the honeymoon doesn't it yep i think that's a, a very good call i'd much rather <laughs> walk out of my wedding listening to Marvin Gaye than Ed Sheeran. That is for <laughs> sure. Uh, would definitely affect what happened afterwards, I think. All right, let's talk Fox News and what's happening in Murdoch Town. Even if 
you never watched Tucker Carlson tonight on Fox News, odds are you know exactly who he is. Thanks to the internet, we all get to see everyone, don't we? Whichever side, whichever station we watch or Whether don't watch. we like it or not, exactly. He was one of the most popular hosts on the right-wing news network, Fox News. And that is thanks in part to his support for Trump's stolen election narrative. It was never an insurrection. It was a melee. But in general, these are people who thought the election was stolen. They had some evidence to support that view. It was not a free and fair election. You don't have to believe that the voting machines were rigged to look at 2020 and say that wasn't fair. Yeah, that'll be his legacy. Um, He didn't even get to have a sign off. He was cut by Fox News without even doing a send off show. Mm. And this capped off a very turbulent week for the Murdoch family. That's the Australian family who control Fox Corp and News Corp in the US and News Limited here. As we mentioned at the start of this episode, they settled with Dominion in the US and they withdrew the defamation case against Crikey. But let's find out what's going on here with the Murdochs. Paddy Manning is a journalist and author of The Successor, which is an unauthorised biography of Lachlan Murdoch. Paddy, why do you think Tucker Carlson was fired? Jan, I think it goes back to the evidence that uh, we saw come out in February as a result of discovery during the trial, the build-up to the trial of uh, the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News and various of its executives and um, hosts. And what we saw, bearing in mind that a lot of the you know, internal emails and text messages and the sworn depositions, they were all redacted, okay? So there's a lot of speculation about what was in those redactions. But there's now a, a kind of body of reporting, uh, which seems, and my own inquiries seem to have confirmed, that there certainly was concern inside uh, the company, in both Fox Corporation and at the top of Fox News, about Tucker Carlson's private communications and his criticisms of uh, the leadership of Fox News. It would not have been a good look for Fox to fire Tucker in the lead up to a trial, bearing in mind that it's only a week ago that we had the shock settlement of Dominion's lawsuit with Fox, um, you know, and they paid out $800 million US. Now that that settlement has been made, the Murdochs decided to act against Tucker. We're sort of all in the dark about what was contained in the redacted comments, but it seems like they have contributed significantly to the Murdoch's decision to get rid of him, that, um, you know, Tucker had really expressed disdain for the leadership at Fox, uh, including, you know, a bunch of swear words, which, yeah, we we Mm. haven't yet identified exactly who he's talking about, but there's... It's no secret that Fox News is run by Suzanne Scott. Uh, Suzanne Scott um, was appointed by Lachlan in the wake of the ouster of Roger Ailes, who co-founded Fox News with Rupert Murdoch, and he has remained loyal to her and defended her up until very recently, her whole handling of the 2020 election and this landmark lawsuit. And there's a second thing it it is worth mentioning is that, and it kind of spills out of the Dominion case as well, is that former producer with Tucker Carlson tonight, Abby Grossberg, has launched her own uh, lawsuit against Fox. In it, she alleges, and her lawyer has been out on television on MSNBC and elsewhere um, in the last few days, she alleges that there was a toxic and vile, kind of chauvinistic, sexually discriminatory work environment on Tucker Carlson's program. So, Patty, do you think the writing was on the wall for 
Tucker Carlson period or, or was there some measure of symbolism here? Because I remember some years ago, Rupert Murdoch shut down News of the World and that was in the wake of the phone hacking scandal, which was massive. And that yes. was widely seen as sort of drawing a line under this terrible saga and kind of starting fresh and, and cutting a limb off, so to speak. Is, is there a similar thing happening here after the Dominion lawsuit of letting go a very popular presenter, drawing a line under this episode and trying to move forward? Or was Tucker Carlson really always in the firing line and going to get the boot anyway? There is an attempt going on now to draw a line under the whole 2020 election uh, denialism and you know, so a lot of the evidence that we saw through the Dominion discovery process was that everyone at Fox, uh, including the hosts who were countenancing the big lie and interviewing people like Sidney Powell, Trump's lawyer, or, or Rudy Giuliani, none of them believed uh, that there was actually any substance to the claims they were making about uh, Dominion voting systems or about the election being stolen. And nor did the Murdochs. You know, it's hard to, for an Australian audience to understand how significant Tucker Carlson is, but he is the most popular anchor in cable television news in mm. America. And he is seen as a genuine thought leader on the right. And he has been a kingmaker in the Republican Party. He has been able to direct traffic on the Republican side of politics. But he has been an endless source of controversy for Fox News and not always in a good way. It's crazy, but the New York Times did an analysis of every episode. They described his program as the most racist program in cable television history. Mm. But he was popular on the far right precisely because of that. So, Paddy, there's been three big, I guess, retreats in the last week from the Murdochs. We've talked about the Dominion case. Um, We've talked about the firing of Tucker Carlson, their best known news anchor, but there's also Lachlan Murdoch withdrawing from his defamation suit against Crikey. Are all these linked or are they just individual fires? Is there a deeper strategic reset going on here? Uh, They are linked, Tom, and it's basically because those three um, decisions are all related effectively still to the coverage of the big lie back in 2020 Mm. and the pivot that Fox made back then uh, to try and regain the audience amongst Trump supporters that they lost when they became the first network to call uh, the 2020 election effectively for Biden. And they're connected because it made no sense for Fox News to pay $800 million to Dominion to settle that case and then to continue to litigate the 2020 election and the contribution that Fox News had made to the January 6th insurrection in Australia. The most recent pre-trial hearings in Lachlan's personal um, lawsuit against Crikey, in those hearings, Crikey was trying to add, update its defence to include the evidence that's come out during discovery in the Dominion trial in the States. If that had happened, the judge said, then they would have to vacate a trial date set down for October in Australia and they would have to move it back to 2024. And so it just became untenable for Lachlan to continue to fight mm. in Australia uh, when he was paying, I was signing a cheque effectively in the States for $800 million to, to draw a line under it, as you said before, Jan. So his decision to drop the case against Crikey altogether was a cold kind of business decision. Uh, they are trying to move on. I think the ouster of Tucker Carlson does send a signal that um, there won't be 
more election denialism, you know, countenanced or endorsed mm. by Fox News personalities. And I think that has real implications for um, the 2024 presidential election. Well, that's going to be an interesting um, test for them, how they cover um, the next election if, if Trump is the Republican candidate. All of this seems to relate to decisions they've made about how to attract audience and in particular how to attract a Trump supporting or or right-wing audience. But I wonder if um, there are deeper changes there, you know, demographic changes that mean that audience is getting smaller and, and this strategic reset, if we're calling it that, you know, with these three recent examples is, is about a recognition of that as well. And this was all summed up in a really interesting way in the recent episode of Succession. And I'll quote it without giving the plot away for anyone who hasn't seen the latest episode. But they're negotiating about potentially selling their right-wing TV network, the fictional TV network, to a rich Norwegian guy who says, long-term, I don't think news for angry old people works, which I thought was really poignant. And I wondered if that's what's happening in the real world here. Are the Murdochs realising that there isn't as, as much of an audience in that older sort of demographic that leans more conservative than there once was? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I think that's a great line out of succession. And there is an argument that longer term, I mean, there's no question that Fox uh, faces structural challenges, um, you know, partly to do with the ageing demographic of its audience and partly to do with cord cutting as people switch to streaming services and uh, abandon basic cable in the States. I do think there is a bigger um, strategic reset going on. I don't think it's for that reason. I don't think you you axe your biggest host overnight uh, because you've got a long-term structural challenge. I think what they are doing is taking an enormous risk. You've already seen, you've seen more impact on the Fox Corporation share price from Tucker's dismissal um, than you did from the $800 million historic defamation payout the week earlier. Wow. Um, this is a big, on the, on the, if you look on the right, they've got um, conspiracy theories about this is related to Tucker's last on-air uh, monologue where he was talking about the Biden administration uh, putting, you know, nuclear weapons into Ukraine uh, and therefore, you know, so somehow the deep state has kind of reached out into Fox News and got rid of Tucker. There's going to be a lot of blowback on the right and the ratings are already tanking. So the Murdochs have made a very difficult decision and risky decision that they can afford to lose some of their audience who are ardent fans of Tucker. Uh, It's an iron law of the Murdoch empire that um, no talent is indispensable unless your surname begins with an M you are liable to get fired. And the Murdochs are chancing their arm here that they can do again what they've done uh, in the past and recreate a new star at Fox News and that the audience who is now departing again out of loyalty to Tucker will come back to them. There's a fair bit of speculation that Tucker could go over to uh, One American News or Newsmax on the right, um, you know, cable news channels that are um, further to the right than Fox uh, and that are well and truly um, denying the results of the 2020 election. But Fox is taking, you know, they could not have made a bigger change to their lineup than Axon mm. Tucker. For those on the left, I guess, who are clamouring for a change at Fox News, um, this is it. Obviously, of course, it does come back to the business. Maybe the Murdochs are making a calculation that they will get more revenue out of a slightly less controversial um, primetime anchor Mm. than Tucker. 
Maybe there's a business calculation that's going on there, but it's an extremely risky proposition. Uh, risky, yeah. risky proposition for them. That was Paddy Manning. And yeah, so much news swirling around about the Murdochs in the last few weeks. Right as succession reaches its climactic end, which is partly inspired by the Murdochs. So we have these dueling narratives, Jan, the fictional one and the real world one. In the fictional world, we're learning how the children will go running their father's media empire. But in real life, Rupert Murdoch is hanging on for dear life. Yeah, look... I don't want to compare succession with the Murdoch family too much, but if you haven't kept up with the show, something very, very big happens in episode three of the latest series. And if it plays out in the real world for Rupert Murdoch, it won't be great for him. Put it that way. Listener.